Hey, it's Sebastian from the Metal Gods Meltdown, and I'm joined by Key Marcello, all the way from Gothenburg. It's an absolute honour to be chatting to you today. You head out on tour in the UK soon with the Scaling Up tour. How hard is it to believe that Out of This World is now 30 years old? And that's, don't, even, don't even go there. It's unbelievable, 30 years, where did those go? Now it's amazing, but at the same time, it's, it's both great and an honour to be have been on such a great record, and now we're sort of celebrating that uh, 30th anniversary by going on tour, playing a lot of those gems that we never got to play live when I was in the band, and that I haven't played live either. So there's a lot of stuff that people haven't heard before that they're going to hear. It's going to be phenomenal. Um, what can we expect from the Scaling Up tour? Well, first of all, it's it's still the tour for my um, album Scaling Up, so there's a, a lot of the good stuff from there, which is, by the way, uh, the whole theme of Scaling Up is sort of finding my own roots and going back to that time when I was writing those kind of riffs. So it's, it's a, I think all of it, I heard from the fans at least, it has a familiar ring to it, that entire album. And, and you know, I've been, I've been doing some research about popular songs from out of this world, and it turns out that uh, not only is Sign of the Times, uh, it's one of the songs from out of this world, uh, it has never been a single, but it's one of the most popular songs of Europe ever, including the F song. Uh-huh, yeah, yeah, I was going to come to the F song. <laughs> yeah. It's quite surprising, you know, like a gem like that, that we actually never played live uh, back in the days, as, as far as I can remember. I have never played it live, and, you know, it's a very anonymous so song in that, in that way, but a lot of fans took it to their hearts, and they love it, so it's going to be great to do it while on tour in the UK now.
feel so insecure It worries me to end up here alone Every time I realize I need her more and more, yeah Yeah, I saw Europe a couple of weeks ago. Actually, I was going to be interviewing you two days later, and that all went to pop. But anyway, yeah, they, they, they didn't play, like, I'll Cry For You, and they didn't play a lot of the songs. You're thinking, ah, oh, but I suppose they've got a new album to promote and that. They can understand, but yeah, you know, what can you do? Um, yeah, I know. But that's, I mean, that's actually a, a trauma for a lot of you know, bands, because they want to promote their new stuff, but, but the fans want to hear the old stuff. So it's, you've got to find a balance between the both. But I, I think it's, uh, I heard it from a lot of people that they, they, they're actually weighing over to the new stuff, you know, and, the, and a lot of people want to hear those songs. And another thing is they're promoting their current lineup, so they don't really want to play songs from Out of This World and Prisoners of Paradise, which I was on. So, so um, there's a, there's a whole load of songs that the fans miss right now, if they don't go to the one of the concerts on the Scaling Up tour in the UK next week. <laughs> <laughs> They'll get them all, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and of course, going back to Scaling Up, that was your fifth album. How pleased were you with the response from the media? Really good, actually. I mean, maybe not what I expected from America and England and so forth. But, you know, I was, I'm sort of a household name here in Scandinavia. So there's a lot of TV and stuff going on. But, uh, I'm, and, you know, record sales as they are today are really hard, you know. Yeah. You sell records when you're on tour. Yeah. Nowadays, the bands themselves are better uh, record stores than the actual uh, record companies. Uh, so it's it's an upside down world in a way, and I, I don't know I don't really know what to expect when I uh, release scaling up, but I'm very pleased with uh, the response from uh, the media and the fans worldwide. What would you say is your favorite song from Out of This World, and why? 
That's a tough one. There's a lot of, uh, I think the whole album is, uh, is a unit in a way, you know. There's not a lot of, there's not a lot of songs that stick in a different direction, really, you know. But maybe it's Simon the Times or Superstitious. I mean, I gotta say Superstitious, since it's one of my most famous solos. It's funny, I was actually on tour in India a couple of years ago, in 2015, and uh, I did a clinic up in the, in the mountains of Nagaland in India. And uh, I met a, a, a bunch of, uh, it was full, a couple of hundred people came. A bunch of really young guy, Indian guys uh, met up backstage in the water picks and all that. And they, they said, compliments for the, the super, uh, for the superstitious. And I said, oh, thank you so much. So you guys are Europe fans. And they looked at me understanding absolutely nothing it turns out they never even heard of europe <laughs> <laughs> they only heard the solo those young guitar kids have their own communities and they sample solos and they send to each other and superstitious the superstitious solo was one of the most popular ones but as far as the song <laughs> the whole song and the band they knew nothing about that <laughs> that's really funny and it, it's also in its in its weird way, a compliment, you know, that a soul can actually survive a song. Keep on walking that road and I follow. Keep on calling my name, I'll be there. And if a mirror is your brain, it's easy to take. Deep down, I know that you care. Well, I'm not superstitious. Superstitious I have no doubt That there's a reason How things turn out While things are changing From day to day Well, I keep this feeling With me all the way And I want you to know That you're
course, you've not been with Europe for a fair while now, and they are still going strong. Yeah. Do, do you think there was a danger once, though, what with the grunge phase and everything, the final countdown would be the best thing they are remembered for? Having said that, I said to someone I was going to see Europe the other day, and I, oh, yeah, the final countdown. They must get sick of that. They must just... <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's always it's the same problem with everyone who who's got a standout hit like that. You know, I know a lot of people that have the same problem. Uh, but at the same time, if we want to if we want to view it from a positive point of view, because I I always played, for instance, because the fans want it, and so why not give it to them? And and although I played it like a gazillion times, it's it's still a pleasure viewing the, the eyes of the fans, what it does to them when they hear the song, you know? Yeah. The recognition and the memories it brings on. And that's what rock and roll is all about, you know? It puts you in a, in a place, you know, where you want to be. So I still enjoy playing that song. But <clears throat> I think, for instance, you know, the reason why we, we put the, the band on high hiatus was the grunge, obviously. Not because of the record company, they wanted a new album after Prisons in Paradise, because we were still selling millions, mind you, you know. Yeah. But but the thing is, we were thinking, what the what kind of album should we do in these times? Right. You know, how do we promote a, a another I Cry for You in 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 times that smells like Teen Spirit? So <laughs> we didn't we didn't recognize the music scene, so we just chose to. Let's, you know, fuck this for a while. Let's do something else and see what happens, you know. And the next time we met was actually in 2000 when we did that New Year's Eve gig. Minus 10 degrees, you know, on a raft uh-huh. in front of the Royal Castle and a quarter of a million people. It was amazing. That was a re- reunion gig with, with both guitar players. Uh, and after that, we started talking about doing a reunion thing where I was included but I think I'm I'm uh, I'm always been the one thinking a bit more commercial than uh, uh, for instance the singer in the band mm-hmm. you know I, I, I wanted us to play I wanted us our reunion to be like a celebration to what you was all about all the big hits and all that because I still thought in 2000 that the music scene is too different, you know, we can't really do, and Europe can't really do a grunge album, that's going to be fucking ridiculous, you know, <laughs> we, we can just not do that, so if we want to come back and do something, we should do something like we used to do, Yeah. and they weren't on the same wavelength, so that's why that never happened, uh, and I went solo. Yeah. Uh, which hour they did uh, five years prior to this. My first solo album came in 1995. So if Joey like rang you up tomorrow and said, would you come on tour with us, would you do it? If it includes playing the new stuff, no fucking way. <laughs> <laughs> I simply don't like it. Right. I, I don't want to be an asshole, but I, I don't hear any melodies anymore, you know? If we, if we, if he called me up and said, hey, he's Joey. I want, really wanted to go on tour with the band, and we're going to play all the good stuff from the old days. 
Fuck yeah, I'm in. Which two metal albums from the magical 80s would you play me to introduce me to that period in time? Oh, uh, like I said, I'm a bit of a softy. It would be uh, Raced on Radio with Journey, I guess. Cool. Uh, 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 well, not me, 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 no, Frontiers, sorry. I'm mixing them up. And uh, what else? Yeah. Back in Black. <laughs> the rock star that God forgot was an intriguing and hard to read book at times. Have you ever thought of doing a further book about Key Marcello in the 21st century? Yes, I've actually been offered to do a follow-up since it was... Uh, but first first of all now, it's, it's being translated into English. It's, it's, uh, it isn't yet. So it's going to be re- released in English in uh, 2019. But uh, the publisher... They have approached me and asked me for for like a, a, a more a contemporary book about what I'm doing right now and what, what happened since, so to speak, you know, uh, which I would love to do when I can find five minutes over to write it. <laughs> and it takes about a year. It's really time consuming, you know. Um, I was doing gigs and all that in between, but the whole project of writing the God Star. Uh, the rock star God forgot was about a year. What about sex, drugs, and rock and roll? A myth, or were they a necessity? I, I mean, <laughs> I mean, it shouldn't be, but it is a necessity. It's everywhere, you know, especially in the eighties. It was like part of the whole deal. Nobody could even tell them apart: sex, drugs, or rock and roll. The whole music business has seen so many changes over the past twenty years. Are you glad you started out when you did rather than today's internet world? Oh my God, yes. It seems so difficult now. You don't really have you don't really have anyone to turn to. I mean, you're going to start by yourself. I mean, I had to start for myself, of course. And it was really expensive to get a, uh, to rent a studio and, and get a demo down. But nowadays, there aren't really record companies that look for people you know they're like talent shows and they're really hard to get into and and they're just shite anyway you know like american idol and that bs horrible but you know some of them make it that way i think i would have given up if i would have been young in this era you know Uh i'm so glad i grew up in the 70s when it was like proper if you were a good band you got recognition you got to play bigger clubs, and the bigger pl- club clubs that liked you, they called some people, some label. They came down and watched us play live. So uh, one thing led to another. That's the way I liked it. Can you going back it back over the years? Can you remember the first time you ever played live and how it felt to have people watching you? Oh, absolutely! Like it was yesterday. <laughs> this was in 1973, I guess. Yeah, 1973. And I had my electric guitar for a couple of months. And, you know, we were practicing. We were really bad, by the way, like everybody is in the beginning. And uh, and we got an offer to play at a school. And after two months, I, I was already so cocky. So I thought, let's do it. And let's wear kiss makeup, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But not kids' traditional makeup. Let's make up our own versions of kids' makeup, you know. And uh, the other two guys looked at me like I was crazy. 
uh, and they completely refused. We're not going to do the first gig ever looking like asses, you know, <laughs> so forget about that. But the thing is, people talk, and the word was already on the streets. So at the day of this concert, you know, in the middle of the day, it's like a pause break between two classes. Uh, not only was the auditorium full of people from the actual school, but every other school in town, <laughs> because the rumor spread that these three idiots are going to, you know, wear kiss makeup and play, and they played for two months. You've got to see this, you know? So it was completely packed. And uh, uh, we had two songs that I wrote. One was called Bank of Sweden, and the other one, Grandmother's Old Underwear. I don't know why it was called that. And, and the thing is, those were the two songs we were going to perform. And I had like a, a kit amplifier. It was really a hi-fi amplifier that, that I bought from a, a friend. And, uh, and I built my own cabinet, by the way. You know, I, I got all the parts and built the cabinet, and I have zero carpenter talents. So it looked like Salvador Dali built it. <laughs> anyway, with, those, with that equipment up on stage, we went, one, two, three, four. And we did the first song, Bank of Sweden. And in the middle of grandmother's old underwear, I could see the whole audience sort of staring at us on stage. And I turned around, and, it, and I discovered that my amplifier was on fire. Not just the amp, the entire cabinet, the whole thing burned to the ground. It was gone in the middle of the second song. And uh, that was, of course, horrible, because the only thing I felt, we didn't get to finish this, the two songs. We just played one and a half. So it wasn't really even a gig. But the thing is, this made wonders for my rumor as a guitar hero. Because the day after, people were saying, well, you know, Hendrix, he's cool. He's, you know, burning his guitars and shit. But this guy, Key, he's crazy. He's burning down his whole rig. What would you like to be remembered for in 100 years' time? Whoa, in 100 years' time. That's a, let's see. Well, my rubato technique. I'm getting very technical here, but that's... That's a sort of technique where, where you sort of uh, speed up and slow down within within a, a set time of bars, you know? Mm. It's something often used in classical music, but I, I don't know anybody else using it like I do anyway. So it's sort of my signature way of playing. After the tour, what's next? After the tour, uh, well, I have a show called Rock the Night, which is... Uh, actually a, a little bit from the book it's, it's a story by the story about myself and it's key marcello band and uh, a couple of guest performers coming and we're doing uh five six dates in malmo which is in the south of sweden and we're doing uh, additionally three or four days of those plus i'm doing italy and spain with the key marcello band yeah, I'm fully booked until next year at least. And of course, Sweden has so many amazing hard rock and metal bands coming out. Um, yeah. It's unbelievable. Do you have any bands that you're particularly fond of? Oh yeah, I mean, there's loads of them, almost <laughs> too, too many to mention. But if we're talking about melodic, melodic metal, 
Or, or, or are you thinking any kind of music? Well, yeah, um, any kind of music, really. But Ghost is pretty cool. And also uh, Dynasty. I know, know the guys. A couple of them play with me sometimes. They have a cool band. Like, there's just too many of them. There's many, so no. <laughs> Festival or small intimate gig? Uh, both, in different ways. Okay. But I would lie if I wouldn't say festivals. Okay. <laughs> vinyl or digital? Oh man, vinyl, any day. Meatballs or beer? Can I have both? <laughs> yeah. Okay. Abba, Ace of Base, or a head in a cold bucket of water? Oh my God. Well. Can we t take the, the, the bucket of cold water and pour it over Ace of Base? Definitely ABBA any day. <laughs> okay. And the final one is Donald Trump or Ikea? Oh, Ikea. Oh, my God. <laughs> that was an easy one. It's been awesome chatting to you today. Um, do you have any final words for your fans and our listeners? Absolutely. Listen, guys, come and see this show. If you don't, you miss something truly amazing. We're doing both old and new stuff, and it's going to be like an amazing party. Just going on and on and on. Be there or be there. Yo! This is Key Marcello. You're listening to Metal God's Meltdown. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm.